the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday. That's a good thing. Might see a little bit of rain today. Kind of a, a little bit of unsteadiness in the atmosphere, they're telling us. So we'll have to find out. Uh, just kind of watch today and, and see what happens. Uh, first big story for you today. We take the first hour many times uh, because... Now that I do a 9 o'clock hour, our guests who come in at times like to do the 9 o'clock hour. And I don't really blame them. I wouldn't want to get up if I didn't have to get up. And uh, But I'm willing to get up to, to get started with you in the morning uh, with the show and bring you up to date on the news. Here's the first big story today. The second trial out of special counsel John Durham's years-long investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia probe. Yes, it still goes on. It's taking this long to dig through the hard dirt on top to get to the rich soil underneath. But the rich soil now is starting uh, to appear. What do I mean by rich uh, soil? Well, you've been told that, you know, President Trump was colluding with the Russians. They had the Steele dossier. They had him liking golden showers and all kinds of stuff. Well, it's been proven that it's total BS and that uh, the person who was running against uh, uh, Donald Trump at the time, Hillary Clinton, and the DNC, Democratic National Convention, put up the money for this thing and to get it out, and that the press was complicit with it. I mean, it, this is really, really disgusting. But let's, let's go back to this trial. This is the trial with John Durham, the counsel. And... Uh, the uh, Russia probe begins this week with Igor Denchenko, the Russian national who served as the primary subsource for the anti-Trump dossier in court fighting five counts of making false statements to the FBI. Danchenko pleaded not guilty last year to lying about the source of information that he provided to ex-British intelligence officer Christopher Steele, you remember that name, uh, for the dossier, which contains salacious and now debunked allegations against former President Donald Trump. It was a setup from from the very beginning. It was a setup. No doubt about it. 
And let me tell you, if if this is if this had been Hillary Clinton and this kind of crap had come out, the the press would have been, you know, defending her left and right. Uh, but uh, now we're finding out that the FBI offered British ex-spy Christopher Steele an incentive incentive, that's their word, of um, up to $1 million if he could prove the allegations in his since-discredited anti-Trump dossier, but the former MI6 agent was unable to back up his claims, according to new court testimony. The bombshell revelation came during special counsel John Durham's false statements trial against Steele's main dossier source. That's Russian-born lawyer Igor Denchenko, who has been charged with repeatedly lying to the Bureau about his sourcing for information he provided for the dossier all the way back in 2016. Denchenko has pleaded not guilty. In another story, this one from the Washington Examiner, Sean Langiller, uh, during questioning for special counsel John Durham, Brian Alton, a supervisory counterintelligence analyst with the FBI, revealed that the FBI offered Christopher Steele $1 million. $1 million if he could collaborate allegations in the dossier, but that Steele could not do so. He's, they offered him a, a million bucks. Just show us that uh, some some real st- stuff in here that's true. Prove it. He says, I can't do that. Don't have that kind of information. So what this tells you, and we've been saying this all along, this is all made up. This was a hit job by the uh, Hillary campaign and by uh, the DNC and by the FBI and by the media. They were behind all of this. And, of course, everybody doesn't want to look at ah, That's old passe. We don't want to think about we don't want to think about any of that anymore. Uh, you know, we spent uh, since 2016 looking at it. You know, I personally think there's people in Congress that should be behind bars for passing this off as real information. I believe if they do enough digging in this, they're going to find out that Politicians were behind this as well, knew that it was false, told the American people that it was true, and tried to, uh, you know, make sure that Trump was going to be drummed out of the White House. That's what they were trying to do. You want to talk about a coup? There's a coup for you. But the the people that are uh, in the media and stuff, they're not going to talk about that. They're going to talk about J6. J6, you know, talking about the people that were killed and things. You know, there was only one person shot and killed on that on that day, and it was a lady that was inside the Congress. It wasn't one of the guards or anything. No, one of the guards died of a heart attack. He did not die of being shot to death. 
there was a lady that was in there, and they shot her through one of the security windows, and they killed her. We don't even hear her name mentioned any longer. So, you know, they're putting people in jail about this. Hopefully, Durham will get this in front of uh, juries, and they'll put these people in jail. They truly deserve to be in jail. And it depends on your perspective of what you think about January 6th. You know, the insurrection, as they call it, uh, in uh, some uh, quarters in uh, Congress. Uh, Liz Cheney, never Trumpers. Unbelievable. Absolutely uh, unbelievable. But that's that's where this is at right now. It's going to continue to go on. Uh, this whole Hunter Biden story looks like it's about ready to fin- finally break. Now, here's what you're going to have to watch about Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden story. Watch the feds and see if they let Hunter Biden uh, do a plea deal. Now, here's why they uh, they might do this, because if he if he cops to a plea deal and he says, well, yeah, I'll go I'll go away to prison for, let's say, a year and a half or uh, a year. I don't expect anything over 18 months, maybe, maybe, maybe on the outside 24 and, and it'll be a club med kind of place. It won't be, you know, like Tucker. Uh, where uh, other criminals go. And he may, you know, he may plead guilty to that. And and it has to do with tax evasion, things of that nature. And uh, because if he pleads guilty, then uh, the department, the DOJ, Department of Justice, can say, ah, it's all done, signed up, finished through, we're good. Well, they'd like to get this done and put to bed before November 8th. Okay? Here's here's what they don't want, or, or in fact, probably before February of next year, because here's what they don't want. The Republicans take over the House, and so they open up their investigation, and they're not going to play patty cake with these people. They're going to get in and start digging around and finding out why this happened and that happened and uh, whatnot. But if they have reached a plea agreement that Hunter Biden agrees to, case closed. And it doesn't matter what they come up with. Then the DOJ will just look at, uh, at the committee or what, whoever, whoever it might be and say to them, you know, we've put this to bed already. It's done. It's finished. We're not doing anything more on it. So don't be surprised if Hunter Biden doesn't cop a plea. Just, I'm just telling you. I think he realizes that that's a way to uh, protect himself from going to jail maybe for a long time time and open up a can of worms for the White House itself. So uh, that's all you want to keep your eye on all that. And I'll keep my eye on it and I'll be mentioning it to you from time to time. 
Well, if you're concerned about uh, what's happening with our government spending, the out-of-control government spending, in fact, the uh, we're going to get uh, you know inflation under control government spending, but really what we're going to do is dump more money into the uh, into our government spending so inflation continues to go up. Uh, if you're worried about some of the political unrest that's going on, uh, if you're you know really worried about your 401k and you're worried about your IRA, then you need to call David Lucas Financial. Because here's what they'll tell you about inflation. If you want to protect your nest egg, you need to have about 15% of uh, that nest egg in precious metals, silver and gold the most part. And by doing that, you can, you can hold off to some extent. Uh, the effects of of inflation, but you need to know how to buy it. You need to know how much you need to get. You need to have uh, uh, to know where to go buy it, and that's where David Lucas Financial comes in. Uh, they're going to teach you how silver and gold could help you protect your assets. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. And how important is that? Call David Lucas Financial. They'll explain it all to you. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, before I do, deal, uh, dig into something new here, let me tell you what's coming up at 9 o'clock. We've got a special guest at 9 o'clock, and Jeff Hayes is going to with, uh, be with us. He's a filmmaker, and he's put together a brand-new film uh, that's based on a, a best-selling New York Times best-selling book about uh, the real Anthony Fauci. Uh, find out a lot of information here following the admission Uh, by Dr. Fauci that he knew the draconian lockdown policies he supported would have negative consequences on the economy and school children. This new film exposes the influence Fauci has had on government policy, the pharmaceutical industry, research, and numerous other areas of medicine. The Real Anthony Fauci, the latest film from documentary filmmaker Jeff Hayes, exposes the motivations behind America's doctor, remember that was his words, not mine, to issue unquestioned edicts that upended everyday life during the COVID-19 pandemic. Fauci has drawn criticism from a number of fronts now. And the film is based on the runaway best-selling book, The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mr. Kennedy said of Dr. Fauci and government health regulators, I used to watch these figures with admiration. I also watched how the industry, supposedly being regulated, used its indentured servants on Capitol Hill and its financial clout to substantially hollow out these agencies beginning in the 1980s, disabling their regulatory function while transforming them into sock puppets for the very industry that Congress charged them with regulating. 
The film will also examine the relationship between Big Pharma and the military, as well as the outsized power of the news media and the consequent uh, the concentration of technology companies. Now, this film is going to be open uh, for free viewing, and uh, Mr. Hayes wanted me to make sure that I told you that so that you can view it starting on October 18th at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can view it at the realanthonyfaucimovie.com. So for... Uh, we're going to we're going to have uh, Jeff Hayes on the filmmaker uh, in the nine o'clock hour. You'll want to hear, and it, some of it's pretty shocking. Uh, you're going to want to hear it here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show. So keep uh, that in mind. Also, don't forget about uh, Uncle Tom Two. That's over on Salem. Uh, go to uh, you know Salem.com. Look that up. Make sure you watch it. Uh, great, great movie, Uncle Tom 2, an American Odyssey. It's uh, You can watch it on demand and DVD, and that's uh, through Salem now. Full disclosure, Salem owns this radio station. Uh, and they are, and this is, uh, you know, just, just bottom line, Salem is the conservative broadcasting company in America. You listen to a Salem uh, uh, station, uh, you're going to hear conservative talk. And uh, that's why I ended up here. I'm sure that's why I ended up here, because the people that I was let go by at another radio station here in Little Rock or anything but, anything but, uh, you know, people that are conservative. They are not conservative. All right, some more information for you. That uh, you're going to want to know about. I told you that, you know, October is the uh, time for the, quote, October surprises. Another October surprise dropped yesterday. And uh, a lot of these big bombshell stories are coming out of the state of Georgia between the uh, race between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, who uh, is a senator. Uh, from uh, uh, Georgia and is in a battle uh, for his political life now. Uh, he's a Democrat against Herschel Walker. And they, they dropped this story the other day about Herschel Walker wanted to pay for the uh, abortion by a girlfriend that he had and a bunch of different things. And, and you'll see this interview that Walker and his wife does where he talks about this. And they cut it, they edited it at a specific place where his wife says, but after we found God, this part you'll not hear, after we found God, we changed our minds completely about all of this. You don't, you don't hear that, okay? The, the media is not telling you that. So keep that in mind. Uh, but Virginia Cruda... Uh, from my friends over at the Daily Wire, uh, reporting now on uh, Raphael Warnock in a story written by investigative reporter Andrew Kerr at the Washington Free Beacon, who revealed that in addition to threatening evictions in the Columbia Tower 
at uh, MLK Village in downtown Atlanta. Uh, Warnock's Church affords him a lavish housing allowance of $7,417 monthly. But there's more to this story than just that figure alone. For instance, there's all kinds of shell corporations. They, they're running all of this, all this stuff through for Ebenezer Baptist Church. And i got to believe Martin Luther King spinning in his grave about this stuff. Uh, since early 2020, 12 eviction lawsuits have been filed against residents at uh, Columbia Tower, MLK Village, which Warnock's church, Ebenezer Baptist Church, owns 99% of. The average rent owed by the residents clocked in at just $125 a month. The building has received over $15 million in taxpayer funding. And there's more to this, and I'll give it to you when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got to get to some news here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to do that. Then I will return, and we will continue with a uh, Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over-the-hill day, closer to Friday than Monday edition. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, on a Wednesday, and uh, we were talking about this story dealing with uh, Raphael Warnock, senator uh, from Georgia, in a heated and contested battle uh, to hold on to his seat against Herschel Walker, a former football star. And uh, he serves as a senior pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church. He draws a salary... In addition to his housing allowance, and the church is the 99% owner of the Columbia Tower uh, building. And uh, we have found out that the average rent owned by, uh, owed by the residents clocked in at just about $125 a month. The building has received over $15 million in taxpayer uh, funding. We also found out uh, that... Uh, the pastor gets a housing allowance, and uh, it's mentioned that it's a lavish housing allowance, and I think most pastors would agree to that when you hear that the amount is $7,417 a month. Now, we bring all this up, and I bring all this up because the uh, folks at Ebenezer Baptist Church are suing people within this building uh, for not paying rent, for not paying their rent. And uh, the church is the 99% owner of the Columbia Tower building, which is described as a home for people with mental disabilities or or who have been uh, struggling uh, with homelessness. According to this investigative report done by a newspaper in Washington, D.C., 12 eviction lawsuits were filed since February of last year, during which time Warnock was criticizing Republicans for opposing a rent and mortgage payment moratorium. Quote, unemployment benefits have expired, rent is due today, 
and many Georgia families are at risk of eviction in the middle of a pandemic, Warnock tweeted on August 1st, 2020. My opponents are supposed to be serving the people in Washington, but they're clearly only concerned with serving their uh, own interests. As Kerr noted, less than three weeks after tweeting his disappointment that Republicans were not in favor of a rent moratorium, a lawsuit was filed over past due rent in the amount of, are you ready for this? $28.55. They were suing one of the people who lived in these towers where you're only paying like $125 a month because they surf, they suffer from mental disabilities and whatnot. They were suing them for $28.55. Now, the church appears to have the finances available to cover the relatively minimal past due rents in question in the 12 lawsuits. Those 12 lawsuits total $4,900 given that Ebenezer Baptist Church closed out 2021 with over $1 million on hand. So they could have covered this with these people. These people that are, you know, just needing a place to stay or whatnot. So they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, And uh, Warnock is talking out of both sides of his mouth. You're looking at 12 people that owe a total of $4,900 that are being sued for that money. And then on the other side, you got a senator and a, a, a pastor, a preacher, that is uh, saying, hey, you either pay up or basically we're going to boot you out. Now, residents were reportedly unaware the church even owned the building which appears to be by design. The investigative uh, reporter, Kerr, said it was only after digging through a number of lawyers that Warnock's name appeared in an official capacity. Quote, Ebenezer Baptist Church owns the building through a network of shell organizations connected to the Ebenezer Building Foundation, a 501c3 charity, that delegates all management duties to the church and identifies who as the principal officer in its IRS Form 1990 filings. So who is this principal officer? Senator Raphael Warnock. That's who it is. Warnock's opponent, former, former NFL running back Herschel Walker, responded to the report in a tweet saying this, quote, I've never known a preacher that likes abortion even after birth, mentioning Warnock. Won't pay his child support. That's baggage that Warnock carries as well. And evicts poor people to the street. I will pay the $4,500 in past due rents listed in this news article to keep Reverend Warnock from evicting these people, Walker said. 
So I'm sure there'll be more of this story. Uh, and can, you know, th- there's always a problem when you start, you know, getting gleeful about bad news for one of your candidates. Especially if something pops up that doesn't show you in a positive light. And to be honest, Warnock has been kind of quiet on this whole thing with Herschel Walker because I believe he knew that they had the goods on him about all this other stuff and personal stuff in his own life. Like I said, got to believe Martin Luther King, who was at one time the preacher of Ebenezer Baptist Church, is spinning in his grave that this is the man that that fills the pulpit there now. All right, got to get a break. It's uh, we got about 18 minutes to the top of the hour. So let's go ahead and do that. And then when we come back, uh, you know, I'm, I'm spending some time today on other races because, you know, we're not that far away now from Election Day. Election Day is uh, three weeks and some odd days away. We'll go to the polls early here on the 24th of this month. And uh, Election Day is, of course, November uh, the 8th. So um, we'll come back, talk about what happened between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan there in the tightly congested uh, and contested race uh, in Ohio. We'll get in, uh, into all of that. But before we do, let me remind you about P.I. Roofing. Uh, P.I. Roofing is more than just roofing. P.I. Roofing now wants you to know that they've got the necessary people on staff that have this construction knowledge to do uh, construction work for you uh, at your home. And we're not talking just about on the roof. We're talking about any construction uh, that you need done at your your house. I'm waiting for my call back. I should get it today uh, from PI Roofing to come when they're going to come out and take a look at my deck because I've been telling you I'm going to have them work on my deck and get it back to 100%. So that next uh, summer I can have uh, a uh, barbecue out at the Ellswick Ranch, the the ranch that's on an acre. (laughs) It's not like a ranch out in Arizona where it's 500 acres. Uh, But we're going to cook hamburgers and stuff for folks to come on out and enjoy. And the pool will be open if you need to cool off while you're there and things of that nature. So we're looking to do that. But got to get that i got to get that deck fixed because uh, some of the wood on it is rotting out it's been around for about 10 years now and so it's showing its age so i'm going to do it with pi roofing hey i do my roof with pi roofing they've done a fantastic job two roofs on my house over the 14 years i've been in them and i had them put on a new one when i first moved in and then i just put one on here over the last uh half of a year because we had all that hail up in in cabot and i needed to needed a new roof so we got it taken care of and they did a fantastic job i mean they were on and off that roof so fast it was amazing got it done looks fantastic does what it's supposed to it's great when i'm I'm driving home and i'm pulling up to the house and it's it's raining cats and dogs and i'm just watching that water run off top of that roof that makes me feel good. It does. It makes me feel good. So if you if you want some construction, if you want a new roof, you need windows, you need siding, you need gutters, 
It's PI Roofing. They do all of that. Call them, 501-707-3115, or visit them uh, online, piroofing.com. All right, I told you we'd finish up this hour talking about uh, what's going on in Ohio. Ohio is a state that's been turning uh, more and more red over the years. And uh, we've got a big uh, Senate race going on there uh, between Vance and uh, and, and uh, Congressman Tim Ryan. Uh, they're both vying for the Senate seat uh, that is left because of Portman leaving uh, the Senate. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this. They squared off in a televised debate back on Monday uh, that uh, saw the two hit each other over their ties to everything from Washington and China to the uh, leaders uh, that uh, they think should be leading the country. Uh, Ryan notably used the forum. Uh, this is uh, Congressman Ryan. Used the forum to distance himself from the uh, standard bearers of his own party. Uh, he made sure that he said, I'd like to see a whole generational change. Uh, I want to see Mitch McConnell gone, Donald Trump. Then he went further. I want to see the president and everybody gone. We need a new generation of leadership. Now, that's what uh, uh, Tim Ryan said. Vance came back at the comments citing Ryan's voting record in Congress. See, that's the bad thing when you hold a, a seat. You have a voting record. Quote, it's so funny. We're getting close to Halloween, and Tim Ryan has put on a costume where he pretends to be a reasonable moderate, Vance said. The last two Congresses, Tim, you voted with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden 100%. You consistently toe the party line. Now, the question that is out there amongst a lot of people, did Tim Ryan really want to have to get into a debate with J.D. Vance? Because most uh, uh, people that I've read uh, that are in the know and uh, talked about what went down uh, at this debate said that uh, J.D. Vance eviscerated uh, Tim Ryan, just tore him a new one. Uh, on Twitter, it said, trending 911, J.D. Vance eviscerates Tim Ryan during Ohio Senate debate. Quote, you voted so many times against border wall funding. And then the story came up about the 10-year-old little girl who was raped by the illegal alien there in Ohio. And uh, you had uh, Vance then finishing the job off, all right? If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. So people are paying attention to uh, what's happening uh, on the national scene and in the state of Ohio. And uh, Ryan doesn't have a real leg to stand on. He has voted for all this additional spending uh, that's caused a lot of the, uh, if not all of, 
the inflation that we're under right now here in the country. So the people of Ohio, it looks like to me, have a pretty good um, choice about who they want to vote and what the, the, the particular candidates stand for. And in the last uh, week, uh, Vance has uh, opened up about a four-point lead uh, over Ryan. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. See, right now, people that are out there running these races, like for the Senate, uh, are not running uh, for uh, a Democrat vote or a Republican vote. Those are pretty well divvied up by party. You know how a Democrat's going to vote. For the most part, they're going to vote for a Democrat or Republican for a Republican. So the people that they're trying to reach are the independents. And the number one issue for independents is the economy. Has been all year. Number one issue all year. You know, we, we can go all the way back to the 90s. And remember when Clinton ran, what did he say? It's the economy, stupid. All right? It, it, this is the point now as well as it was then. People want to have a job that they get paid well. But not only that they get paid well, but that the money that they're getting paid is worth more than the uh, than it, it it should be as far as what you're getting paid. If you're getting paid, let's say you were being last year you were working and you went back to your job this year and they said, hey, we're going to give you a ten percent raise. Well, you're all excited. Or let's say they gave you a six percent raise. That's more reasonable. Gave you a six percent raise and you're excited. Six percent extra on a on a year salary? Oh, that's going to be really good for me. I'm going to do good until you hear inflation's almost 10%, which means that you're losing 4% on it all. That is what I'm talking about. And that's why inflation's so important and to know what's going on. And that money that's just sitting there in your 401k and that's sitting there in your uh, you know, your IRA is losing Money. You put in, uh, let's say you upped and you put in an extra 9% going in this year. Well, inflation's, let's say, 10%. Or let's say it's just 9%. It's like you didn't put in anything into your, you're not making anything. It's zeroed out. That's what's happening. So you need to, uh, that's the number one issue in people's minds. Number two is crime. And those two issues. Democrats are ridiculously underwater on. I mean, these blue cities, the you know, run by the Democrats, they're the ones that are the most dangerous. You know, it's not as bad in most of the like in New York, it's not as bad as it was back in the in the 70s when they made Dirty Harry. But in Chicago, it's worse than it was in the 70s. With Lightfoot as the mayor. And what she's, what's she out doing? She's in a recording studio recording songs. Instead of meeting with the people who are, that she needs to meet with to figure out how to cut out all this uh, shooting that's going on in her, in her community. And what's our, what's our mayor doing? It, it seems like to me here in Little Rock, I mean, what, 
you look at all of this and you go, what, is, what do these people not understand? What do they not understand? Let's get this under control. I personally think that the mayor here in Little Rock is in serious, serious trouble for the upcoming election unless people just vote when you look at people by the color of their skin. If it's by how well they're running the city, Scott should not win another term. Should not win another term. Not with all the shootings that are happening every weekend here in the city. The killings that are happening every weekend in this city. You know, in fact, if I would say if you had any pride, you'd say I'm taking myself out of the running because I've let our city become, you know, a, 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 a gun, uh, somewhere to go and, and, and fire your gun, a range. It's becoming a gun range here in, in Little Rock. All right, got to get another break. we got news coming up top of the hour. I'll be back. Uh, Congressman Hill will not be with us at 6 after. Uh, He has some personal things that he has to take care of. He'll be back next week, but at 735, have no fear. I would say underdogs here, but that's not what it is. It's going to be Congressman Westerman. He'll join me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock, Jeff Hayes is going to be with us talking about this new movie, Uh, dealing with Fauci. What about this real Fauci? We're going to talk about that coming up at 9.06 on the Dave Ellswick Show. Seven o'clock on a Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to Friday than it was Monday. May see a chance of some rain today. It's not going to be anything huge, but anything right now is better than nothing, which we've been getting over the last couple of weeks, basically. So I uh, want to keep all that uh, uh, in mind, we could use some some rain burn bans everywhere here in Arkansas right now. It is dry out there, so I know that uh, I didn't turn on the the soaker hose yesterday for all of my plants that I planted over the last uh, few months. So I'll turn that on when I get home today and uh, do some soaking that way. A top Biden administration official briefed a funders-only event hosted earlier this year by the Energy Foundation, her former employer, according to records obtained by an energy policy group. Allison Clements, a Democratic commissioner on the five-member Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, that's the FERC, uh, ultimately agreed to attend the January 10th funder event 
despite an Energy Foundation official suggesting her presence might be, quote, inappropriate. That's according to text messages and emails obtained by the Institute by uh, Energy Research. And these were shared with folks over at the Fox Digital News Digital site. Quote, not sure if this is inappropriate to ask or not. Would you be interested, willing, available to talk with Funder Group about FERC 2022 priorities? Energy Foundation Fossil Fuels Program Director Meredith Wingate wrote in a text message to Clements in December. Wingate then said the group would consider rescheduling the event if Clements wasn't able to attend on uh, January 10th. One week prior to the event, on January 3rd, Energy Foundation Senior Program Associate Sandy Carter emailed the uh, FERC staff a schedule of the event, which included a, quote, funders-only portion and a briefing led by Clements and a question-and-answer session afterward. Quote, I thought, Your comments were very interesting and helpful in focusing our group on ways that we can support successful advocacy at the FERC. Wingate emailed Clements two days after the event, thanking her for her attendance. While the content of Clements' briefing remains exactly unclear, IER and ethics experts said her presence at a meeting of apparent Energy Foundation donors raise ethics questions. Meeting regularly with far-left organizations she used to work for creates a troubling impression, said the president of IER, Tom Pyle. Briefing the funders of these groups on the FERC opportunity is inescapably improper. At the very least, Commissioner Clements should recuse herself from voting on matters of interest to the Energy Foundation, he continued. If she was a Republican commissioner who was this cozy with industry representatives, the left would be calling for her resignation. Clements served as the director of the Energy Foundation's Energy Markets Program for two years prior to their FERC appointment in 2020. The group's mission is to ensure an equitable economy powered by clean energy, according to its website. Kendra Arnold, the executive director of Government Ethics Watchdog Group, the Foundation for Accountability and Civic Trust, noted federal rules prohibit government officials from doing business with any party that is regulated by their agency. One or multiple individuals at the Energy Foundation event may have interest affected by FERC's policymaking. General rules and ethics rules dictate a government employee should not ask for contributions from someone who is regulated by doing business with, seeks official action by, or has interests that may be affected by the government agency or department the employee works for. Additionally, a government employee should not use the authority or resources of the government to fundraisers, i.e. title, position, equipment, he said.
Arnold added that additional information would be needed to determine if any ethics violation occurred. For example, if the Energy Foundation fundraiser off Clement's appearance or her briefing was benefit given to donors, there may have been a violation. Quote, it would be important to know what type of event this was, what capacity and role she appeared in, including whether it was a fundraising event, a closed event, or open to the public, and whether her appearance was to fundraise for her former employer. Not only can ethics issues arise from her interactions with a former employer, but also from the attendees at the event if they have business before her federal agency. However, a spokesperson for Clemens dismissed concerns that the commission, uh, the commissioner had uh, engaged in any unethical behavior, saying she regularly briefs stockholders and uh, stakeholders on FERC activities as part of her open-door policy. The commissioner has an open-door policy, and this is a quote now, uh, and subject to ex parte restrictions, has held hundreds of stakeholder meetings during her time on the commission, including with representatives of utilities, regional grid operators, gas pipeline companies, consumer advocates, NGOs, and trade associations. A spokesperson for Clemens uh, told Fox News. And the Energy Foundation, similarly, said the event was part of its regular slate of industry briefings. Energy Foundation supports education and analysis to promote nonpartisan, equitable policy solutions that advance renewable energy and energy efficiencies while opening doors to greater innovation and productivity, growing the economy with dramatically less pollution, according to Omar Faruqi. Uh, who um, is with the Energy Foundation. So uh, to serve our mission, he said, we routinely host briefings for the climate and clean energy philanthropy community to hear from experts in the fear, uh, field. Faruqi didn't address a question about the briefing being a funders-only event. In addition to the Energy Foundation briefing, though, other emails obtained by IER showed Clements uh, consulted with leaders at the National Resources Defense uh, Council, another climate group she previously worked for. In April, Clements met privately with Manich Bapna, the NRDC's president and CEO. IER obtained the records as part of its broader effort to obtain communications between the White House and uh, FERC Chairman Rich Glick. The uh, group filed a lawsuit against FERC for allegedly stonewalling records requests. See, it doesn't just happen in the uh, mayor's office here in Little Rock. It happens in Washington, D.C. as well. Uh, we've given FERC every opportunity to provide records confirming that Commissioner Glick and Commissioner Clements are not coordinating with the White House on the Biden administration's whole-of-government approach to imposing a climate agenda despite lack of congressional instruction to do so. And uh, what Pyle was saying, so far FERC has failed to give us anything uh, as far as dealing with this, so... 
You know, transparency, transparency, transparency. Not always the easiest thing to make them live by is by uh, transparency. They just don't want to do it. All right, so uh, the president has a proposed gig worker rule that could be a major blow to small businesses. I'll tell you about that when we return. We've got to get a break in here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, East End Towing and uh, that they're there ready for you no matter what the situation. Uh, they can get you uh, towed off the side of the road. They can get you towed off private property. Uh, they can get you towed, and maybe it's not your car that broke down or your SUV. And maybe it's the trailer that your boat is on behind uh, your car that you're towing. Or maybe it's the camper uh, that you are towing. They can help with that as well. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it and has all the answers. Call East End Towing, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. A uh, presidential... Uh, proposal could deal a major blow to small businesses and coming up at 735 congressman westerman will join us here on the dave ellswick show chance of some rain today about a high of 82 degrees it's going to be a pleasant day out going to be kind of cloudy today so more clouds and sun so uh keep that in mind as well but tomorrow going to be nice going to be blue skies Temperatures might be down just a little bit. Next week, it looks like we're in for a cool down. Looks like it's going to be in the mid-70s, and that's what we'll be looking at. Coming up at 735 here on the Dave Ellswick Show, we'll talk to Congressman Bruce Westerman. Last time we talked to him, uh, we were in Washington, D.C., and he came by and saw us at the Hold Their Feet to the Fiery event. Well, we'll get back together with him today and and talk to him about... uh, different things that are going on big question on everybody's mind is the election um, find out maybe if he has a kind of a a view for himself of how many seats the republicans will gain in the house and what their majority will look like this from fox news the labor department yesterday and unveiled a new proposal that would make it more difficult for companies to classify their workers as independent contractors, a change that could have major consequences for ride-hailing, delivery, and other industries that depend heavily on gig workers. Companies are required to provide certain benefits and legal protections to employees, but not contractors, making employment of those types of workers more expensive. That includes minimum wage, uh, overtime, Social Security and Medicare payroll taxes, unemployment insurance, and workers' compensation insurance. In determining whether a worker qualifies as an independent contractor or not, uh, the Labor Department said it would take into consideration the worker's opportunity for profit or loss, investment permanency, the uh, degree of control by the employer over the worker and whether the work is an integral part of the employer's business, among other factors. The first rule is expected to come next year. 
while the proposal would give millions of workers employee status, it would also have potentially catastrophic consequences for small businesses already struggling with the hottest inflation in four decades and a persistent labor shortage. This is a rule rule that's uh, only going to make it more challenging for small businesses to operate in today's already difficult economy, said Beth Melido, executive director of the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Uh, Businesses say their operating costs could surge uh, if they are required to classify gig workers as employees. And as a result, employers could be forced to cut payroll or freeze hiring in order to keep their bottom line strong. They've also noted that some employees, like the flexibility that gig work provides, including the option to work for different companies if they choose to do so. Uh, She went on to note that the new rule comes as businesses are already grappling with a labor shortage that has forced them to raise wages exponentially as they compete with other companies for a limited pool of workers. According to recent Labor Department data, there are still roughly 1.7 jobs uh, available for every person looking for one, almost two to one. It's just all not good for small business, she said. It's more expensive, a lot more uncertainty. This rule is only going to make it more challenging for business to get the help they need to run their business. And then finally, gig companies like Uber and Lyft have spoken out about the proposed change and warned that having to treat their drivers like employees could force them to modify their business practices. Some estimates show that the ride-sharing companies save up to 20 to 30% on labor costs, by classifying their employees as independent contractors rather than employees. Uh, On Tuesday, the acting head of the Labor Department's Wage and Hour Division told reporters that the rule is unlikely to result in large worker classification changes. That's what they say. We'll see what they do. All right, finally on this story, what we anticipate is that this will really help provide guidance to both avoid and prevent misclassification, Jessica Lohman said during a press call, according to Bloomberg News. But this is a framework that has been used and has been well recognized and understood. So that uh, that's what you got uh, as far as that's concerned. So keep your... If you're a small businessman, you want to keep your eye on that. All right. Uh, Big news coming out about Social Security, and I wanted to give that to you. Uh, Big story out there. Um, They're saying this year uh, Social Security went up about 6%, 5.9%. There's a cost of living inducement in Social Security. Uh, but 2023 uh, may be very, very interesting. According to Social Security policy analyst Mary Johnson of the uh, Senior Citizens League, a nonpartisan senior advocacy group, next year's COLA is estimated to come in at about 8.7%. That's going to be a raise. 
uh, next year. And we'll find that out, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, that'll come out tomorrow. Uh, the consumer price index will come out tomorrow. So we'll find out uh, what inflation is uh, is basically doing. That's going to come out uh, tomorrow. And then also uh, coming out uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday is going to be the uh, PPI, and that's how much is it? How much has uh, it cost uh, businesses to produce? Uh, you know their products. How much more is it costing them? And that'd be an important issue to see because if it's gone up, know the prices. Perhaps if foods producing food has gone up. Expect that it's going to cost you more at the supermarket when you buy your food. If, uh, um, from what I'm hearing, they're saying after the election, expect to see gas prices start moving up uh, on a regular basis, as well as heating oil and things of that nature. So uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a 100% a good end uh, to this next uh, quarter. And, uh, it's going to cost us all more money. Uh, don't forget at 9.06, a special guest with me, and that's going to be uh, Jeff Hayes. He's a filmmaker. He's produced a new film called The Real Anthony Fauci. I'm already seeing information on Twitter, people posting, talking about that uh, a lot of the things that Fauci told people during the pandemic uh, we're not wrong. Um, they were false. And they knew that it was false and that it shouldn't have happened because he admitted to this just the other day. Uh, he knew that the draconian lockdown policies he supported would have negative consequences on the economy, on school children. And this has all been exposed now about the influence Fauci has had on government policy, the pharmaceutical industry, research, and numerous other areas of medicine. We'll be talking to him at 9.06. I'm sure you're going to want to uh, watch uh, this uh, documentary, and you'll be able to see it free starting on the 18th of this month. And we'll tell you where you can see it and where you can watch it and where you can get yourself educated about a lot of this. There's a, a part of it that I'm interested in. Uh, I haven't seen it. I want to watch it uh, about the pharmaceutical industry and the meat in the military. I, I've always wondered about that for a long time. When you consider when I was in the military, they lined you up and filled both arms up with whatever they wanted to put in it. All right, a break, and then Bill O'Reilly, O'Reilly and then uh, Congressman Westerman. All right, back with you. Just breaking the new uh, Consumer Price Index came out, CPI. Uh, inflation increased in September. It went from uh, about 8.2 to 8.5. Uh, this is not going to make the administration happy. It's not going to make Democrats happy. It doesn't make Republicans happy. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I want these Democrat policies to fail, but I don't want the American people to be beat up the way that they're being beat up. And with that raise, if we see the same thing happen tomorrow in uh, PPI or, or on Friday, then let me tell you what's going to happen. Probably another three-quarters of a point uh, added by the Fed 
to uh, the interest rates, which will tighten up the money supply, which is going to slow down the economy. Congressman, this is not good news in any way, shape, or form. It must be wrong, though, Dave, because I know I was in D.C. a month or two ago, and the Democrats passed the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah, I agree with that. That that, that should have been working by now, you would think. Yeah, well, it was never going to reduce Well, of course not. We can all inflation. We can all laugh about that because we know that it was titled just the opposite of what it was going to do. Yeah, they you know they didn't learn from all the the previous money that they had spent. How putting too much into a hot economy causes inflation; it devalues uh, money, and so they just doubled down on it. Uh, you know, there were some numbers that I got yesterday. Um, yeah, have you heard how much Democrats and Biden have spent in two years? And take a guess. Uh, Three trillion dollars. Ten trillion. Ten trillion dollars in two years. Oh my lord! Yeah, increase the deficit three and a half trillion dollars. Oh my god! You know, this can't not continue on, Congressman. It just cannot continue on. Sooner or later, the old saying is going to happen: the chickens are going to come home to roost, and when they do, it's going to be really, really ugly. And it's already starting to get ugly. Yeah, it, it is. It is ugly, and it's not just ugly here. It's a. I think it's going to be a global ugly, um, with um, the the prices and the way everything's out of kilter right now. And the sad part is, we could be doing proactive stuff to stop this, and it starts with energy. But um, I'll, I'll give you a, a breaking headline. I got noticed last night from Biden's. Uh, Office of um, Environmental Quality, the Council for Environmental Quality, uh, that he's going to make an announcement today pulling more uh, oil and gas off of the table. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you can't make it up. Yeah, you can't. Look, where is it, where is it going to come from? Venezuela? They're not even giving us any. And uh, they're cutting back over in Saudi Arabia and OPEC+. Plus. Yeah, he you know he went and begged OPEC for it, and they just kind of shunned him away and and decided to cut production, which is going to drive price up. So at the end of the day, they're making um, as much or more money and not having to pump as much oil because we sit here on the world's largest deposits of energy and won't touch them. That's the only way we can combat that is to produce more of our own. And that is, the, the Biden administration just can't figure that one out. All right, so you guys are going to take over the House. There's no doubt about it. You, you're going to take over the House. I know you don't want to say that, but bottom line, I'll say it. You're going to take over the House. How big the take is going to be, I don't know yet. Um, I think you're going to be right around 335 seats in, in Congress. That will be a significant uh, controlling in, in uh, interest. What can you do? Can you guys make more oil be uh, be produced, or or because the, the, the Democrats still have the White House, they can continue to control that? Well, ultimately, the administration controls the permitting process. Now, I've already filed legislation that fits in with our commitment to America under making 
or having a strong economy and reducing inflation and gas costs. I've got a bill called the uh, Transparency and Productivity in American Energy or TAP American Energy Act uh, that is uh, it's a big piece of legislation that I've worked on with several people on my committee, also with other committees, and it uh, would require the administration to do lease sales, would require them to put together a five-year plan, would streamline and basically greenlight pipeline projects. Uh, you know, all those things that is really a no-brainer on what we should be doing. Uh, we've got legislation we'll file to, to make that happen. Now, you know, the reality is who knows how many what the majority in the Senate's going to be. We can pass whatever we want to out of the House with the majority, uh, but we're going to need to get senators on board with it, and then you've got the hurdle of having Biden sign it. I can't control what the Senate does. I can't control what Biden does, but we can put good legislation out there so the American people can see that um, you know here's a, here's a way to fix this. Now, what we can do with the Biden administration is have oversight hearings, and um, I'm probably, if, if, if we win and I'm chairman, we're going to spend more time in oversight hearings than we are in other kinds of hearings, simply because there's been no oversight and the dumb stuff they're doing desperately needs oversight. So we're going to have a, a backlog of, of oversight hearings and getting information and answers from this administration. And it'll put them more in the spotlight on having to answer to the American people on why are you doing this crazy stuff? You know, why are you shutting down mining while you're um, promoting air electrifying everything? Why are you going to uh, Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and Iran asking for energy when we've got it right here in America and you're preventing it from being developed? Uh, you know, there's no logic behind that. No. Uh, and they have, they should be answering for it. Yeah, absolutely. And Maybe we can ex- well, it's not going to happen until you guys can ask them the, the questions that need to be answered. Right. And it's, uh, I, you know, I've, I'm doing a lot of research on this, and I think I know where the problems are in the Biden administration. A lot of it's normal quality, which is a, it's a group you might not hear much about, but it's where they're pushing all of this uh, green energy uh, fantasy stuff and where a lot of these radical environmental groups have a foothold in the White House. And, you know, these are former Obama people. Um, they're, uh, they're not people that should be running our government. And you've got a very, very weak president who's basically being led around and told what to do is what it appears like. All right, so let me ask you this, Congressman, and then we've got to take a break, and that deals with Hunter Biden. Uh, we're hearing that something is going to happen with him. I here's what I'm wondering: Would the uh, DOJ bring something to Hunter Biden that he could plead guilty to, uh, and, and and take a plea deal? Maybe he does a couple of years in prison or whatever, but protects the president from you know all this shenanigans behind the scene that we've been been hearing about. And then when you guys get in next year in control of the House, and you want to go in and really look at Hunter Biden, they can, DOJ can say, yeah, that's taken care of. He already pled to a deal. We're doing the deal. No use in getting into any of that other stuff. Are, are you worried that they might be getting ready to pull something like that? 
uh, I don't know what they're getting ready to pull, but DOG, DOJ is part of the administration, and Congress doesn't answer the DOJ, and I think they're going to feel a little differently when they're the ones being asked the questions, which uh, my friend Jim Jordan is going to be the chairman of the Judiciary Committee um, when, when we win the majority, and he'll be having oversight hearings, I'm pretty sure, and he'll be inviting a lot of DOJ officials to that committee to testify, as well as um, the Oversight and Government um, investigations committee the full there's a full committee in the house strictly for oversight and uh, i think they'll be tackling some of those those issues it'll probably be more of your uh, uh, stuff you'll be seeing on tv every night kind of whole high profile stuff but we have a a plan across the board on uh, oversight uh, should the american people give us the majority all right we'll be back in just a moment congressman uh Westerman is with us. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. It's good to see him in Washington, D.C. And uh, talking about uh, what was going on on the border and hold your feet to the fire. Then I went on vacation and now I'm back and we got him back on the air and we got more questions for him when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I want to talk a little bit about Social Security because looks like there's going to be a big increase for people that are on Social Security for their checks each month. We'll talk about that with your congressman when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's talk about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Eric Coleman wants you to know that uh, he stands ready to do whatever you need to get done. Is it to repair the jewelry? He's got all the necessary tools to do that. He's got the plasma tortures and all that stuff. Is it to design jewelry? He can do that as well, which reminds me, I need to get over there this week to talk to him about my wife and my Christmas presents that I want him to put together and see what that's going to run me. But uh, bottom line is, is that he can do it all. He can tell you how much uh, all that jewelry is worth that, uh, you know, you're your mom or your dad left you or your grandmother or grandfather left you, he'll help you do all the appraisals on that. Talk to Eric Coleman. He wants to be your jeweler. He's been around 40 years, man. He will help you out. He will do what's best for you. Uh, He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E. You can call him at 501-246-3655, but he'd rather you stop by and visit with him and talk a little bit, tell him what it is that you're looking for. He's open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Back with you, Congressman Westerman. Bruce Westerman is on with us. And, Congressman, looks like about an 8.6% increase uh, for retirees on their Social Security checks. That's good news for them. It'll help them keep up a little bit with this inflation that's going on. Yeah, it'll uh, just about break even with the amount of inflation that was uh uh, just announced, but when you when you really break that down and look at the components of inflation, and you look at those areas that hurt fixed income and low income people the most, you're looking at fuel and food. <clears throat> and um, you know, the last I saw, food costs were up like in the 13 to 15 percent mm-hmm. uh, range. So um, the uh, the the numbers are actually worse in areas that affect. Uh, fixed and low-income people. So let me move forward and and let's talk about gasoline prices because I keep hearing as I read all the different websites that I read 
that uh, looks like gas prices are going to start inching up again. Uh, is that your thought as well? Yeah, that's been my thought all along. Uh, Biden's just about um, released as much oil as he can release out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. <clears throat> OPEC knows that. That's why I think they decided to announce they were going to tighten supply. So now there's no. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know how much more uh, Biden will take out of the SPR. It wouldn't surprise me if they if they run it dry the way they they are. I mean, that's meant for emergencies and. You know, like war and and hurricanes, when you you don't when you can't make your own supply enough, but uh, it's it's just a matter of time until um, these supply issues come to roost, and he can only fend that off so long by depleting the SPR, and you know he's doing that as a uh, political stunt yes. before the midterm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So. He's going to have to replace that oil at a significantly higher price than what President Trump wanted to replace it, and Congress stopped him from replacing that oil. Is that not true? Stopped Biden from replacing it? No, no, Trump. No, Trump had the SPR at the highest level um, in, a, in a long, long time when he left office. That, I mean, he built up the SPR and Biden's draining it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Now, I know there was some pushback from Democrats in his last two years on doing that, but he still managed to get the SPR at, um, at, with a lot of uh, volume in it. Um, mm. So, you know, at some point we're going to hit this. It's going to be a more of a crisis situation. And the the bad thing is you can't just say, oh, we made a mistake. Now let's produce more domestic oil. You know, it takes months or years to develop these wells. So it's not going to be an overnight fix when uh, common sense finally prevails and we start developing our own resources again. You can't just go out and turn the spigot on. And wow. that's also something that's very frustrating is, like, right now is the time we need to be drilling and building uh, energy infrastructure as fast as we can, but it's just not happening. You know, what really worries me is if you allow the companies to produce more oil, where are you going to refine it at? We haven't built a refinery back since the 80s because of all of the the ridiculous rigmarole that we got to go through to be able to build a refinery. You know, you're going to be head of uh, Natural Resources Committee. You're going to be looking into that? Yeah, the, the bill I was telling you about earlier, uh, that's why I worked with um, Kathy McMorris-Rogers, who would be the chairman of the Energy and Commerce Committee. They have jurisdiction over the regulatory agencies that deal with <clears throat> with refineries and further processing. And, and you know, that's where we can actually grow our economy when we take our resources out and we create jobs uh, refining and processing our resources. And it's not just um, oil refineries and, and natural gas facilities. It's uh, copper smelting. It's refining cobalt and processing all these elements and minerals that we need to be mining. Uh, the, the real wealth is built when you take your resources and you do that further processing of the resources. Um, but that's been offshored 
we're so reliant on other countries for much of this now that uh, we've got a huge opportunity to reshore these industries, uh, especially in the the mining and the refining of, of metals and minerals. Uh, we have a a strong um, oil refining infrastructure here, but it definitely needs some upgrades to it, and it's almost impossible to uh, to not just build a new facility, but to do upgrades on an existing facility uh, because of the permitting hurdles you've got to go through. All right, and, uh, go ahead. You know, on the energy, the the area that we could really make huge gains on energy is with natural gas, which you know that's different when you're. Um, producing natural gas and processing it for for use there's massive amounts of infrastructure that need to be built a lot of that's pipelines and uh, and processing facilities where you can liquefy natural gas uh, last week I went down to uh, Puerto Rico because uh, that the territories are under our committee's jurisdiction they've had the hurricane and they asked me to come down and uh, inspect damage on that but they have a terrible electric grid in Puerto Rico and this is like I would say 1950s or 60s technology most of the energy is produced burning diesel or fuel oil and it's like the the prime location to import uh, liquid natural gas to the the commonwealth there they've got two LNG import facilities um, but they get their gas from Trinidad uh, and the, the caveat here is that you can only ship from U.S. port to U.S. port on a U.S. flagged vessel because of something called the Jones Act, which actually has some purpose behind it that goes all the way back to, to World War One. But we don't have any U.S. flagged LNG vessels, so we can't ship natural gas from Houston to Puerto Rico uh, and we can't ship natural gas from Houston or New Orleans to Boston. So we're we're actually importing liquid natural gas into the U.S. because we don't build pipelines and we don't have the vessels uh, to carry it. You know, these are all rational problems that could easily be solved, but there's no concentration on solving them. Well, we're out of time. Kind of glad. I, I hear some of that stuff. I just start shaking my head. I got to be honest with you, Congressman. Congressman hey, Bruce Westman. To work on, Dave. I yeah. got you, give Congressman me, Bruce Westman. You coming back for the election? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll can. see you then. We'll see you then. All right. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much, Dave Ellswick. Show. Stick around. Don't forget to be back at nine oh six as we talk about Anthony Fauci stuff you didn't know. You're going to find out about it in just a little over an hour.
Last hour, Dave Ellswick's show on a Wednesday, hump day, middle weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to Monday than we were, or Friday, we're closer to Friday than we were than we were on Monday. So uh, it's a good thing. I, I'm still going to get that piece of audio that uh, talks about hump day with the camel. I'm going to use that to introduce the uh, the the Wednesday shows from now on. Uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad you came back. I told you to come back. Got a special guest. Jeff Hayes is going to be with us. He's a filmmaker. He's got a new documentary out called The Real Anthony Fauci, and it's important uh, that you watch this and that you see it, and you'll be able to start watching it on the 18th of uh, of this month. And uh, so let's get to our guest, so we'll let him talk. And that's Jeff Hayes. Jeff, how are you today? I'm perfect. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. I I want to say thank you for you uh, putting this together. It's based on the book uh, called The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on, uh, War on Democracy and Public Health by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You wanted to do a documentary on it. You have done that now. And people are going to see what Rand Paul has known all along. Uh, the emperor has no clothes when it comes up to Anthony Fauci. Is that not correct? I, I can't wait for you to see the film. Uh, we, I knew when I read the book that it, it had to be a film. I don't know if you... This book was a publishing phenomenon. The, you know, Bobby, you know, his liberal credentials he was liberal royalty you know it's in in this country there was nobody that he couldn't pick up the phone and call he was uh he wrote an opinion piece at least twice a year for the new york times once he got involved in vaccines and especially with this book he became a pariah yeah this book sold a million copies 17 weeks on the new york times bestseller list and there has not been one major media review of the book since it came out. Silence. It was suppressed. Bookstores that wouldn't carry it, um, and and still it it sold a million copies. And it's a daunting read. Uh, you know, there was a paper shortage when the book came out. My version of the book is 600 pages. Some of them are 450, with tiny print. You know, small margins. It was uh, exhaustively researched. And I thought, if a million people will buy this book, if we can make a film of it, tens of millions of people you know, would be willing to watch a documentary of it. Uh, and especially we're making it free where people don't even have to pay for it and having it online at the real Anthony Fauci movie.com. But this only works you know, for, for to get the word out because of people like you, Dave, because if it wasn't for shows like yours, no one would hear about this film. I mean, we can't buy Facebook ads. We can't buy Google ads. Uh, complete blocking. You know, we've already had YouTube take down clips off of, of a, one of our editors' private uh, YouTube channels uh, you know, that he sent us to review some of his editing. 
and YouTube took it down from violating the policy on his private, non-public facing page. Good so, grief. Getting the word out. Yeah, this is, this is ridiculous. It's like uh, a blackout on the truth is what it is. It is a blackout on the truth. And the the saddest thing for me, because I'm, I'm not a spring chicken, I'm an older guy, and... Uh, you know, I remember when you looked at the CDC and you looked at these different government groups and you could trust them. You can't trust them anymore. You can't trust what these people say. They, they stand up in front of cameras and lie their butts off anymore. Well, this, you know, this concept of regulatory capture, the, you know, the Democrats used to want, you know, a big government to protect us from big business. Right. They never envisioned what happened when big business captures big government and they become servants to them. You know, it, it, it used to be, you know, growing up, I grew up in Texas, and, you, know, uh, you, know, my, you know, my dad was very active in the Republican Party. And, I, you know, I watched it and I, you know, it was always the Democrats that stood up to big pharma. And somehow this switch has happened where they've become the lapdogs of of these guys and, and billions and billions of dollars have been made and it's it's coming from us and it's not based on the truth well what's happened pat is very simple republicans believe in capitalism i believe in capitalism but we don't have capitalism anymore we've got corporatism and corporatism tells big uh, big business at that point tells government what they need to do it, it has been during COVID, and, and we document this in, in the film, we lost the Bill of Rights except for the Second Amendment. We have the right to gather, the right to religion, the, the right to if the government takes your business from you, you have the right to be compensated, the right to free speech. All of these rights were trampled on. And as it was happening, 50% of the population was applauding. It, it, it's, it, it is astounding what we've done, and at the center of it, it is Anthony Fauci and the people, you know, when, when he made his alliance with Bill Gates, uh, things really got serious. All right, well, let's talk about some of this. I don't want you to give it all away, but, you know, be the local dealer and give us a little taste here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, the the most shocking thing for me was I wasn't really familiar with Anthony Fauci until he showed up. And here's this avuncular, grandfatherly. Um, I, I listened to him talking. I find him very likable. He seems yeah. rational. And and he, so he shows up at Trump's side and, and seems like, a, you know, a steady hand. I didn't realize in 1984 he took over the infectious disease and allergy department of the NIH. And it was not a big department, certainly not powerful. Infectious diseases were waning. Um, and so the AIDS epidemic happened. And he jockeyed within the NIH to get control of that disease. And he took it over, built his department into a $1.7 billion a year budget, and became the most powerful man at the NIH because he decides what gets studied and what doesn't. And during the AIDS epidemic, you had repurposed 
off-label use drugs that were working effectively to help people that had AIDS. He absolutely shut down any study on any of these drugs, despite what the doctors on the front lines were telling him. If you remember the movie by Matthew McConaughey and uh, the real, I mean, the uh, Dallas Buyers. Yes. Where these guys were smuggling drugs in to keep themselves alive because the only drug that he would back was AZT, which at that time was the most deadly chemotherapy drug that had ever been created. And it was expensive. At that time, it was a hugely expensive drug at $10,000 a year. And it's incredibly dangerous drug. Now you scan forward to COVID, he did the exact same thing where you had doctors on the front line that were experiencing success with hydroxychloroquine, with ivermectin. He refused to do studies on those drugs and said, no, we're going to, the only treatment is remdesivir, which was such a deadly drug. It was an Ebola drug that was too deadly for Ebola patients. And, you know, the nurses started calling it in hospitals, run death is near. Uh, and, and this was where where we put our funds and, and what we made the treatment. And once again, going with an expensive, dangerous drug and really marginalizing, ridiculing. And if you remember the, the, the uproar over Joe Rogan taking ivermectin and oh, yeah. they were calling it horse paste. Um, and then, you know, this is a Nobel Prize winning drug. And, you know, People didn't understand this. I, I think that's where Rand Paul that came in. He saw the answers that he was getting and were going, something doesn't add up here. And then he started saying, now it's starting to add up because Fauci's making money off of all this. And that's, you know, when we, under the Freedom of Information Act, um, we were able to get, you know, some of the, the data. It's been so redacted we can now see a list of all of the sciences that have divided up $350 million. Wow. But we see their names, but we can't see who is paying them or why. That's all been redacted. And so, you know, if you remember when, you know, the, the Pfizer research data that we have a right to see now that the, the vaccine has been approved, they wanted 75 years to release that. A colleague of Bobby sued over that and was able to get that released and it's coming out in tranches but this is when we discovered the real side effects of the vaccine which were quite different than what they listed uh originally when it was not uh, fully approved all right jeff i use the word go ahead go ahead jeff hayes is our guest he's a filmmaker he's put together a new documentary it's called the real anthony fauci it's going to be out on the 18th. We'll tell you more about that when we come back. i got to get a break in here. But let me just get this last question to you, Jeff. How difficult was it to do this documentary when you even admit that the book is a hard lift and a hard read? The, the, making the film was easy. The, half of the people that worked on this film, when you see the credits, Half of them are redacted where they didn't want their name on the film because of the damage to their career. Uh, That's the scary part. All right. Come back. We'll talk more about it. First Amendment has really taken a hit during the pandemic. There's no doubt about it. We all know it. We've all seen it happen. 
And uh, now some of the uh, curtains are going to be pulled back, like in The Wizard of Oz, and you're going to see The Wizard. And The Wizard is not a wizard. We'll talk about it when we come back here on The Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about my good friend and, uh, and buddy, Billy Mack, who has ICU protection. I use him to protect my home, to do the security on my home. I've got all my windows and doors and the sensors on them. I've got the cameras that have been put uh, on my property. And now I feel more comfortable at my house than I ever have. And I'll tell you something else I feel comfortable about. With all this rising in violent crime that we're having here in central Arkansas, I feel a lot better about that. My 12-gauge also makes me feel better about that as, as well. But the bottom line is, Billy Mack, if you'll just call him, if you'll talk to his business, they will, when you tell them how big your house is, you know, how much, you know, how many windows, how many doors and things you have, he can tell you over the phone what you probably need to have very good security. These are the guys that do the security out at Nuke One. If they can protect a nuclear reactor, they can protect your house. So give them a call, 501-205-1333, 501-205-1333. Oh, and one more thing, you don't have to pay for any of the hardware. All those uh, you know, sensors, all those cameras, you don't put a dollar down for those. Those become yours absolutely free. All you got to do is pay your monthly service charge. So call them, 501-205-1333. That's ICU Protection. Back with you. We're going to continue on our conversation. Our special guest, Jeff Hayes, filmmaker. He's got a new documentary out, The uh, Real Anthony Fauci. You're going to want to see that at uh, 935 when we come back. We'll be taking up what went down in Conway at school system and the new trans changes that have been made there. So I want to get that information out to you today as well. So let's get back, Pat. Let's talk further about this new uh, movie that he has put out uh, dealing with Dr. Anthony Fauci, dealing with the runaway best-selling book, The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health by Robert. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. How long does uh, the documentary run for, uh, Pat? You know, it's I'm sorry, it's Jeff Hayes. Oh, Jeff, I'm sorry. I, I was looking at another piece of. I should not look at other pieces of paper while I'm doing an interview. Go ahead, Jeff. The, the, so it's actually in two parts, and the first one runs an hour and forty-four, and the second is an hour and nine minutes. Okay. And on the 18th, we're putting them up for free. Um, and, and people can watch them online. Uh, it's you can go and watch the trailer now at the real Anthony Fauci movie dot com and register. We're, we're having people register to see it because we may have to move it a few times uh, and playing a little bit of cat and mouse to get people to be able to have it out for ten days uh, for people to view. The suppression of the book was, you know, that was the most suppressed book of my lifetime. And, you know, we've already been blacklisted. Uh, the, you know, here's a, a brand new website, and it's already on five blacklists. Uh, so hopefully people uh, will be able to access it. But I've, I've never seen, this, you know, this type of censorship. I, I used to have an account in Vimeo that I had 13 terabytes of storage. We paid them 70 or $80,000 a year 
and they sent me an email saying that I had vaccine misinformation in my storage and that if I didn't delete it, they were gonna delete my account within three days. So we've had to build our own platform to show this. Um, it, it, it's, I, I can't believe that in the United States in this day, we're having this conversation where literally we're not allowed to speak uh, regardless of how researched, regardless of, of you know, where's our, our right to uh, expose what's happening. All right, so if the Republicans win the House and the Senate, are you going to head up to Washington, D.C. to take on, uh, you know, big tech about all of this? Let, let me tell you, if these midterms are so important. The, the, the pendulum can swing. You know, if, if Rand Paul has subpoena power, uh, you know, which he you know will hopefully get after these midterms, uh, then the the rest of the Fauci story is going to come out, and I think people are going to be stunned to see it. We're actually talking. I, I personally talked to uh, several state attorneys generals that already have several investigations going on about this. So there, there's more of this story that will be developed. And the more people that know about it, the better off we are. So what did Fauci do? Did he lie to Trump to, to get this all underway? And then did he find a complicit you know, person in Biden? There was a, there was a, a meeting before Trump took office uh, after he'd been elected. He invited Bobby Kennedy Jr., uh, to come out, Bobby met with him at the Trump Tower, and Trump wanted to start a uh, vaccine safety commission and, and asked Bobby to head it, and Bobby agreed. And then, you know, Bobby came back to California, and then silence. In the meantime, uh, Bill Gates got a hold of, and we have this in the film, uh, where Bill Gates had a meeting with Trump and said, you know, that would be a, a huge mistake uh, wrong with vaccines. You don't need this safety commission and don't listen to uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Hmm. And then uh, he eventually, Trump appointed a, a couple of people that were backed by Pfizer and the Vaccine Safety Commission was dead. But from where Trump started to all of a sudden he was surrounded with people and there was no way to have a conversation with him anymore. If that vaccine safety commission had been started when Trump wanted before he took office, then we might have skipped this whole debacle. He would have had different people advising him all the way through. All right. I'm going to want to get you back on before this becomes available. I want to make sure as many people hear about this as possible. Uh, but and I have other questions. My my other big question is: I'm a I'm a veteran. I remember all the times needles were stuck in my arm, or the guns were fired into my arms, and vaccinations and everything that went on, and and what has gone on since that time, where people are in the military and then told that they're going to be, you know, rift out of the military because they refuse to take a vaccination. I want to hear about the whole relationship between big pharma and the military. I want to hear about that. We don't have time to talk about it right now so uh you tell my listeners right now when they can see this how they can see it and how they go about seeing it 
Yeah, just if they'll go to the real Anthony Fauci movie dot com, you can see the trailer for the film there right now. And then at at twelve oh one a.m. on the eighteenth, then you'll be able to see the film in its entirety. We're leaving it up for ten days for free. Uh, I need your audience to, if they like the film. If they agree that I did a good job and I did a great job on this movie, uh, then please share it because that's the only way we're going to reach people. And the, the information is there. People need to see it because decisions are being made about whether to vaccinate their children. Decisions are being made uh, on public policy and people need to be educated on what really happened. Jeff Hayes, filmmaker, the real Anthony Fauci. We'll have him back on hopefully next week here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you for your time, uh, 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 Jeff, and taking uh, this opportunity to talk to my listeners. Dave, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. All right. We got to get a break in. Then we'll talk about Conway when we return. Well, it sounds like I'll be wearing a jacket in the morning when I come in. going to be a little bit cool. And especially up here where we're at on top of the hill right by uh, Catholic Boys High School because the wind is always, and I do mean always, whistling through the parking lot here uh, when I get in in the morning, when Heidi gets here. And uh, it can chill you down pretty good, pretty fast. All right, so let's move into a local story. And again, my thanks... Uh, to Jeff Hayes for joining us to talk about the real Anthony Fauci and the the uh, documentary he's done. Remember, that's going to be available for you to visit, to visit and to, to watch free of charge for 10 days starting on uh, October 18th. So keep that in mind. And I, I will get him on again next week because I want to talk to him really about that big pharma and the military and maybe a little bit of an unholy alliance that's there uh, that we'll want to uh, discuss with him about that being a uh, you know a member of the military being a veteran i'm interested to hear what he has to say and i'm sure you who are in the military still you who are out there at little rock air force base or camp robinson or whatever will want to hear what he has to say as well but let's move on to a local story this one from Conway, you'll remember about a month ago, before I went on vacation and whatnot, uh, we talked about a big meeting that happened uh, by the Conway School Board dealing with transgender students and what uh, was going to be done about that. Well, the Conway School Board voted last night to issue new regulations on bathroom use and overnight hotel stays based on a student's sex assigned at birth. Hundreds expressed their opinion leading up to the vote, which resulted in a mixed but strong reaction among residents. Quote, it makes me sad because I personally know many transgender young women and young men, and I know the difficulty of their journey, said a Conway resident and mom, Linda Taylor, or Tyler, Tyler added that she, this is a story, by the way, from THV11. Tyler added that she's hoping the policy can change back and added, quote, I think that implementing policies like this puts barriers and boundaries around inclusivity and diversity, unquote. Some members of the LGBTQ plus community in the audience also spoke out against the new policy 
protesting in the auditorium after the vote. One parent of a transgender child shared that shared that after this vote, they plan to move out of the state. Now, let me address that real quick. That's exactly your right. That's your right. But if uh, you know the the community wants to do it a different way, then uh, that's what you have to do. There's other communities that are much more uh, open to this type of stuff. I think it's uh, it, it's the wrong thing to do, but. Uh, you know, they do. They they make it no problem for a, a boy that identifies as a girl to walk into the uh, female's locker room. Or you get into the things that happen up in the, the northeast part of the, of the country. Uh, I think in Vermont, where you get the girls' volleyball team. They get a boy that identifies as a girl, plays on the volleyball team, and uh, he dresses in the girls' locker room, uh, butt naked. Uh, hasn't had any reassignment surgery, has said uh, some very uncomfortable things to some of the girls, uh, admits that he still likes girls, and the girls didn't like it. And uh, guess what? He doesn't get punished for being like this. In fact, he's admitted that he does it because he wants to be in the girls' locker room. Uh, And uh, they don't do anything with him. They punish the girls' volleyball team. And they were told that they had to they had to change in one little area, which uh, was just ridiculous. So it's good that the Conway School Board uh, was dealing with this and uh, getting it clear. Because look, if you're a parent, I gotta believe that there's a boy. If there's a boy that thinks thinks that he's a girl, or a girl thinks that he's a boy, uh, and let's say they go on a uh, some kind of a senior trip or other other travel arrangement uh you probably don't want the person that's not the same sex as your child spending time uh in your child's bedroom uh, as far as that's uh Concern. One parent of the transgender child shared that after this vote they plan to move out of state that's their right that's your right and uh, probably best that you do that. It's just like when it comes to abortion. If you don't like the laws of abortion here in the state of Arkansas, you can work to try to change those rules or you can go to another state. It's that simple. But many of the people who showed up and almost the entire school board said that they're proud of the decision that they've made. State Senator Jason Rapert also came to support the new gender restrictions Tuesday night. He said, for the first time in my entire representation in the Arkansas Senate, have I ever felt led to come and speak at a school board meeting? I am proud of the school board members. On top of the bathroom restrictions, the board voted on the same gender guidance for overnight hotel room assignments. Now, from what I understand, uh, their belief is going to be if you... want to use the the washrooms, you use the one uh, that um, reflects your sex since birth. All right? That's uh, that's the one that that you use. It's going to be the same thing for overnight hotel room assignments. The board also agreed that they would ban a few books that discuss LGBTQ plus romances after deeming the books inappropriate. Now, they've been trying to do some of this over in Cabot and have been 
faced with a uh, rock wall by the people who are running the school library. And, in fact, one of the people who have been on my show said that when they went over to talk about this, they said, uh, we're not going to make these decisions off of, you know, basically uh, you uh, crazy Christian people. Uh, But for many, the conversation doesn't end with last night's vote. Uh, said, I'm, I'm signed up to speak next month. I intend to continue to be part of this community and to speak out when I feel like I'm led to do so, Tyler said. But there are still gray areas after the vote. This included no clear answer for whether any accommodations will be made for transgender students who need to use the bathroom. Uh, there were also still questions on how, how Title IX uh, Rules against discrimination based on sex may come into play. The board declined to comment on the hours of discussion that went into the policies. So uh, these are all uh, things that were taken care of uh, last night. So we'll uh, we'll keep a, a tab on this. We'll see if we can't get some people from the school board that might want to talk about this and the discussion that went into this. And, uh, and, dis- and discuss this in more in its in- entirety. All right, let's get our final break in here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show on uh, this Wednesday. And I want to remind you about Pat Davis. You know, we're getting into that time again where you got to get your uh, health insurance taken care of. Uh, call Pat before you sign into anything. Let him save you money, 50%, maybe 30%. But 30 to 50 percent on a, a, a year for your health insurance will be a considerable amount of money. And uh, this is actual insurance. It's not a share plan. You can choose any provider from the, the, in the nation. Excess money will go to you instead of the insurance company. Uh, it's a perfect health plan if you're self-employed. And it's a health plan that's good for conservatives where you don't have to pay for what you don't believe in. For instance, abortion, things of that nature. Uh, it's going to cut down on your deductibles, and there will be no co-pays. So for all of those good things that I just mentioned, you need to call Pat Davis and find out how it will pertain to you and how you can take advantage of it. Call him at 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935. Or visit him online at yourhealthplanman.com. Back on the story in Conway. Uh, This is the ruling. uh, 4.56.2 assignment of roommates while traveling overnight. Definitions. Sex means the physical condition of being male or female based on genetics and uh, physiology as identified on the individual's original birth certificate. District staff shall assign students traveling overnight on trips as part of extracurricular activities, uh, field trips, interscholastic activities, or in uh, trust scholastic activities to rooms based on the sex of the students uh, uh, such that the only occupants of each room used by the students are of the same sex as defined above. District staff shall provide a reasonable accommodation to any individual student who does not wish to comply with the provisions of this policy. 
of reasonable accommodation shall be accessed to a single uh, occupancy room with any additional expense related thereof to be borne by each student. All right, that's uh, there, there's part of it. Now let me give you the rest of it here. Uh, bringing it up, I got to turn it around. I got to blow it up. Here's what it says: four point two zero use of bathrooms affected by gender. Uh, sex means the physical condition of being male or female based on genetics and physiology, as identified on the individual's original birth certificate. Multiple occupancy restrooms or changing areas means an area in a district school designed or designated to be used by more than one individual at a time, where individuals may be in various stages of undress in the presence of other individuals. The term may include, but is not limited to, a school restroom, locker room, changing room, or shower room. To uh, ensure privacy and safety, each district school shall require every multiple occupancy restroom or changing area designed as follows. One, for the exclusive use of the male sex, or two, for the exclusive use of the female sex. Each district school shall provide a reasonable accommodation to any individual who does not wish to comply with the provisions of this policy. A reasonable accommodation shall be access to a single occupancy restroom or changing room. The provision of the uh, section shall not apply to individuals entering a multiple occupancy restroom or changing area designed for use by the opposite sex when entering in any of the following circumstances. One, for custodial maintenance or inspective purposes, or two, to render emergency medical assistance. So that is what's out there uh, right now, just so you'll know. And uh, they're supposed to get back, I think they said, a little later on this month and then uh, vote on this completely. Uh, I'll see if I can't get the school board president or somebody to join us and uh, talk further uh, about all of this here on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is going to be something that's going to be dealt with in multiple schools. Just It's going to have to be. Um, there's a father in here that just said, hey, look, uh, I don't want my daughter in the restroom or in the locker room and some boy who says he identifies as a girl coming in and sharing those facilities uh, with my daughter. And I can, uh, look, I have daughters that I raised. I have granddaughters. Uh, and and I can understand exactly what this uh, this gentleman is saying. So uh, we'll just have to see how this is going to all work out. All right, tomorrow. What's up for tomorrow? we got a lot of good stuff already planned for you tomorrow. I hope that you'll be with us starting at 6 o'clock. That's when we get on the air. We hope that you'll be with us and listening. Uh, Akash Kaguli is going to be on with us from Americans for Prosperity. Uh, We will talk about uh, energy with him. We will talk about the PPI uh, score that came out today uh, for uh, 
you know what it what uh, the inflation rate is for the cost of uh, building and producing products that came out today it went up to 8.5 percent i would think that if that is the case and we saw another rise there that we'll see something in the consumer price index uh, tomorrow we should also hear tomorrow about what the uh, uh, social security index uh, this the um, the change that's going to be there for the consumer price index for people that get social security checks we should see that tomorrow uh, as well so that's all to be talked about with akash and we'll do that uh, of course ryan norris is the arkansas leader of uh, americans for prosperity here in the state you heard him while i was gone he filled in for me uh, americans for prosperity doing a lot of good work both on a state level and on uh, the national level uh, at uh, six thirty, we will have uh, melissa fultz on with us uh, you know that things are starting to heat up talking about issue four, which is dealing with recreational marijuana, uh, making it legal here in the state. Uh, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of ads that are out running on TV, but they don't tell the whole stories. And that's what you need to hear. You know, we've had Jerry Cox on. He's he's told you the whole story. Melissa Fultz uh, is the lady who led the charge for medicinal marijuana. And she uh, came out, and uh, she has uh, no fun, no no problem with recreational uh, marijuana. Same thing with David Couch. Now Couch uh, was not a- able to be at a uh, <coughs> uh, press conference today. Melissa was. She has come out against uh, issue four, and so has Couch. He's come out against issue four. They both have real reasons for doing it uh, and why they're doing it. So she'll join us at 635, talk to us on the phone tomorrow about why she doesn't think issue four is a good thing for the state. Uh, David Couch will join us next week to tell us why he doesn't believe it's a good thing for the state either. So all that is coming up. I have reached out countless times to the growth folks, the people who are for this and, uh, I can't get them to even return my call. So evidently, uh, they know they don't want to face any tough questions. They want to tell you what they want you to know about this piece of legislation. Uh, I call it legislation uh, because it's going to be part of the Constitution of the state of Arkansas. And whenever you're going to change the Constitution of the state, you need to know what that uh you know, initiated act is going to do. And we're going to talk further about it tomorrow. So that's on just in the first hour. That's why you don't want to miss any of it, all right? It's good. It's going to be good stuff, good local stuff. Uh, coming up at 7, uh, we'll be hearing from uh, Joe and Duck. They'll be back, and they'll be uh, tackling the whole car questions that are out there, electric cars, you know, uh Talking about uh, regular cars run on gas. We'll talk about it all here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And then in the final hour, 9 o'clock hour, Jimmy Cavan's going to be on. He's our, uh, of course, FOI uh, king who comes on on Thursdays in the 9 o'clock hour. He's got information that you need to hear about dealing with uh, Mayor Scott. And, uh, again, why is it taking pulling teeth to get uh, documents that are supposed to be easily obtained because of transparency issues from uh, the local government 
and we'll hear about what's going on up in Cabot. There's uh, there's things that, uh, that's happening in Cabot with school board, and you're going to want to hear about that as well. That will be during the 9 o'clock hour as well. I don't know which one we'll talk about first, so be there for the whole hour. Don't miss any of it. And then share it with your friends. Share all of this stuff with your friends. That's why I do this, is to, to get you the information you need to uh, you know make a, a very good vote coming up on uh you know, the 24th, if you want to vote on early on the 24th or on the 8th on Election Day. It's uh, coming in, and it's coming up big for us here uh, in in Arkansas. So my time with you today is done, all right? You got a lot of information you got to go through. Share with your friends. Here from the Dave Ellswick Show, I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Jay Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.